Welcome to this week's episode of On the Line, a college basketball podcast. We'll be opening up with LSU discussion, uh, reviewing the last two games against Arkansas and Kentucky before overarching SEC thoughts so far, then move into teams of the week, uh, players of the week, and close with some final thoughts and best thing and worst things we've seen so far. Uh, sorry for the long break. It's been a good holiday time. Hope, hope you and yours we're able to spend as much time around family and friends during the holiday season. All that next on the line. Hunter to Stefanovich. Here he is, Williams. Patient. Going to work. Got it. The answer. Three seconds. No timeouts. Harper for the win. Oh! It counts at the buzzer. Trosha Morelos. Waters, deep three for the win. He got it! Wow! Wow! Drive the basketball. And there he goes. There he Double goes. Drive the, the basketball. basketball. They get it back, though. They get it Up back. seal oh. for the win. Oh! And can we win it? Legendary career has come to a close. And Brown on Manic, and here we go. Manic circling around. He slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. And Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback. All time. Ben, if you told me LSU would have gone one and one to open up SEC play, I told you I would take that every single time. So, what what were your thoughts so far on these two games for LSU? Um, man these these two games really opened up to me how good of a coach Matt McMahon is. Uh, the level of preparation and the game plan we had going to each of these games, we played very differently in both of them. But it suited um, it suited our matchups really well in both games. Uh, we were just we just had really good plays drawn up. We didn't make a lot of shots, but it didn't really matter because we were, you know, getting quality opportunities. We were always set up well on defense. Um, I thought the other thing that really I noticed was Juice Hill. I, I don't know if he can keep getting in rotation on this team in SEC play. He, he looks too small. He doesn't look physical enough. Other than that, I've been impressed by almost every every single player that has played in these last two games. I thought they've given a lot of effort uh, on both sides of the basketball. I thought there's been a lot of effort in team rebounding. I mean, they didn't do a good job with Tashibwe. Guess what? Almost every team Kentucky plays doesn't do a good job on him. But um, very, very impressed, mostly by the coaching, but also by the effort by the players these two games. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I've been very impressed with the defense from us. You know, last year you, you have more of a quote-unquote defensive-centric coach in Will Wade. This year you transitioned to Mac McMahon, who is obviously more known for his offense. But what has really impressed me is his ability to teach half-court 
I think the individual defensive efforts on ball defense are fantastic. And that's, that's really, that's really hard to do in the SEC. Uh, you have a lot of elite athletes in the SEC that can get pretty much whenever they want. So the ability that we have shown so far to, to, to keep in front of them has really impressed me. I, I don't, I don't want to harp on juice Hill, man. Like he was one of my favorite players last year in, in the OVC. I was excited when we got him. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat a dead horse, but in those two games, and I get it, it's Arkansas and Kentucky who are going to be two of the longer, more athletic teams that we're going to come across in the SEC and honestly in the country. It, it was it was blaringly obvious, like glaringly obvious that he cannot play in the SEC. Um, he, he was struggling to to make a pass to the wing. It it was it was really hard to watch. So one, I, I don't want to bash the kid, I feel bad, but two. Credit to Mac McMahon for actually recognizing it and, and not just saying, well, he's my guy. I came here with him. I know what he's going to give me. And he 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 put in Cam Hayes. He put in Juice Williams. He put in Trey Hannibal a lot, who I, I'll i be a little disappointed if Trey Hannibal doesn't start from here on out. Uh, he's He's been really the 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 most impressive thing this these two games has been Trey Hannibal. I did not expect any of this from him on the all. I knew what we were getting defensively, but what he has done on the offensive side of the ball has uh, it, it's it's really opened up my eyes. I don't I don't want to bash Juice Hill either, but whenever you're that size and you're going up against a lot of length, you have to be able to shoot the ball well from the outside to get them to step on you to get around these longer guards. And he just hasn't been shooting the ball well this year. And uh, until that changes, I don't see him being more successful on the offensive end. Um. I actually thought in actuality this would have been a good matchup for him with a smaller guard with Wheeler also playing at the point, but it just it didn't go his way. Um, I'm not going to rule him out the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, if he starts shooting better, his the floor will open up a lot better for him. He'll be able to get by people with his quickness, but right now they're just not respecting him as a shooter. Uh, I agree with you. Hannibal doesn't need to shoot. He, he just goes straight into people's chests. He doesn't care. <laughs> Um, he goes straight into chess. I actually thought he um he stopped doing that a little bit in the second half of the Kentucky game. He got a little looking for the pass too much. He, he I thought he on, got a little too unselfish. Yeah, he kept on trying to do these he kept on trying to do those weird wraparound passes. I was and, like, dude, just go up, you're gonna get fouled. And so uh, I don't know. Yeah, for, yeah. And he's a he's a pretty good finisher. Very good finisher. It was it was a little strange towards the end. He got a little pass happy, but he's been really, really good. Um, the, one of the things that really stuck out to me in that Kentucky game was the way we utilized KJ Williams was completely different from every single other game uh, we played this season. And really what that was was because of the uh, threat of Tashibwe in the post. And, uh, you know, Matt McMahon has watched Tashibwe and he realizes I, I, I love KJ. He's a great player. I can't put him in the post with this guy. He's not going to be effective and so he started running KJ off ball screens. I mean, we hadn't seen KJ run an off ball screen for a three-pointer all year. He was just trying to draw Oscar out of the paint, trying to draw him out of the paint, get him on the move, use KJ's quickness around screens and stuff. And it was very, very effective. He got, he got a lot of good uh, jump shots open for threes. He got a lot of good mid-range. And he was still a little effective in the post. But little things like that, man – that's just great coaching to to establish a game plan. Say here are the strengths of my best player. 
But, you know, some of those strengths don't line up with the matchups. So we're going to have to do something a little bit differently. And uh, that was really impressive. Also, I know Adam Miller shot the ball a little bit better, so still not shooting great. Man, they draw up some great plays for him. He he gets a ton of open looks. And eventually, I feel like these are going to have to start going down more. Um, he, he did shoot a little better. I, I want to say what he was like. Five of twelve from three this last game, so it's 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 getting there. And if he catches fire, man, they get him so many open looks that uh, he's going to start to be dangerous. But the offensive game plan, I, I thought in that Kentucky game was excellent. Yeah, we we need we need him to start hitting threes because I we don't we don't have anyone else. I mean, the only other person that can really really shoot is um cam hayes uh obviously milani can shoot that corner three but milani can't can't sniff the floor right now um and that you know i i did say before the season that i wanted to see more more milani like before sec play and you kind of push back on that saying well if we're not seeing milani that means that the other guards are probably playing better and we don't need a substitute that the the shooting for Milani elsewhere because Milani can't dribble the basketball like in that Arkansas game he tried to do one between the legs move he got ripped so fast it wasn't even funny um Cam Hayes last year was a 25% three-point shooter this year with 38 attempts through 14 games he's at 42.1% so if Cam Hayes continues to shoot like that I I don't think Milani really sees the floor for the rest of the season um and so I of Cam Hayes, and I'd like to see us get more looks for him outside of just the uh, all of his all of his looks are pretty much just he's left alone in the corner and just shoots the ball. Uh, so I, I want to see us actually running running some of the action that we do for Adam Miller for Cam Hayes. I agree, and I mean, what's keeping Cam Hayes on the floor is his, he's been playing really good defense and being really active on the defensive end, not letting guys get around him, stuff like that. Those were the kind of things that didn't help him get playing time at NC State because he's always been a you know, kind of hot hand offensive guy who can really get it going. So, yeah, really impressed with all our guards. Like I said, I, I think that's what's keeping him wanting off the floor. I don't think it's really anything he's doing wrong. I just think our other guys are playing uh, better and they have more opportunities offensively. Um, tomorrow, LSU goes to College Station to play Texas A&M team. That's been a little up and down. Um I think they came in off a really high off of last year and thought, you know, we're going to build on that last year. We're going to come in this year. We're going to do even better. You know, last year we are fighting the bubble the whole year. We're not going to do that this year. But uh, they've stumbled through a lot of these games. They've played, man, uh, got blown out by Boise earlier this year, got beat by Murray State, lost a lot of talent, got beat by a ton by Colorado, lost the game at home to Wofford. I mean, not a lot of shame in that. LSU was two seconds away from losing to Wofford at home <laughs> themselves. But um, just a shaky start for AM. They did straighten it out a little bit in the uh, midweek. Got a win at Florida, which is big for them, I think, to get a win on the road to start SEC play. Um, man, when I watch them, I just see the whole of Quentin Jackson that has left this basketball team. They they really relied on him last year for end of the shot clock, end of the game buckets, and, and they're just not getting a lot of the, that this year. Um, you know, Wade Taylor's been pretty good again. Um, Tyrese Radford obviously is a really good player, but other than that, I, their guards and wings are kind of struggling, man. And um, I think we can really, really lock them down defensively on the perimeter with the defense we've been playing. Dexter Davis, you know, they they brought in from Wichita, hasn't been really good this year, shooting 
What's he shooting? 33% from the field, shooting 23% from three. So uh, I think this is a team we can really, really lock down on defensively. Yeah, I, I agree. The guy I am looking at in this game is is Tyrese Radford, just because he is a senior and he is the Baton Rouge native who consistently burns LSU. Uh, last year, two games, uh, you know, 14, 15 points, really played well, really, really had an impact and wasn't even it wasn't even just the scoring last year. I remember in, in Baton Rouge, it was he, his, his fingerprints were all over the game. He was affecting the game in so many different ways. Um, I, I would like to see us just seize control of this game from the start. Um, I felt in the Arkansas game, they had some chance to, to, I don't want to say like run them out the gym because it's Arkansas. Like you're not going to run out the gym, but they had some opportunity in the Arkansas game in the first half, particular to really like cement a lead whether it was a you know seventh and build on that in the second half i, I kind of want to see that tomorrow against AM. hopefully we will but who knows i mean this this team just it, it's the lack of shooting for me that's gonna make every single game a complete dog fight like if you can't consistently hit from the outside you're 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 automatically playing yourself into a a rock fight, a dog fight, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, 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 I think if LSU wants to blow them out, you'd have to make make your threes, which they did against Kentucky, and that kind of kept them in the game. It did, it did. Um, hopefully, they can build on that. I think the one thing to really look at in this game is the rebounding battle and all in A and M's. A and M only has one of their one of their losses. They only have one loss out of five where they actually won the rebounding battle. Got beat by six by Boise on the boards, six by Wofford on the boards, seven by Colorado. They did lose the boards by one against uh, Florida, but still won the game. But they had thirteen offensive rebounds in that game, and that really flipped the game a little bit. They ended up getting sixteen more shots up than Florida which was huge for them because they really didn't shoot the ball that well, only 216 from three. So uh, the boards, I think, is going to be a huge key to watch in this game. So uh, KJ and um, all of our front court players, honestly, and even the guards are really going to have to concentrate on the rebounding because this is a team, if you can limit them to one chance every every possession, uh, you can really lock down on them. Yeah, and, and for those wondering what time this game comes on tomorrow, this game's going to be on at 5 p.m. local time, uh, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so it and it is it is in uh, College Station. If you want to tune in for that game, Ben. Any other LSU thoughts before we dive into the SEC overall? Um, no. The only other thing I would say is I think this would be a lot more KJ Williams in the post game against uh what I think is a favorable matchup in Henry Coleman. And so I think I think you know last game we saw more in the perimeter. I think go back in the post this game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but let's move into the SEC real quick. Um, we're we're going to kind of slowly preview these conferences over the next week or two as, as conference plays heating up. Ben, I didn't even ask you this before before we started, um, but if, if I were to tell you what team has shocked you the most and what team has disappointed you the most, who would you go with? It has to be Missouri. Uh, I don't think anyone expected them to go 12-2 and two with a brand-new coach. Um, went over Illinois, uh, blew out Kentucky. Um, I mean, they, they've had some really good wins this year. Did, haven't taken a bad loss or two losses or two 
Kentucky and uh, I mean not Kentucky, Kansas and Arkansas. Kansas and Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis Gates, man, he's impressed me as much as Matt McMahon has, maybe even more. Um, these coaches, man, from these small schools, they can just really, really coach. They juice whatever they can out of the talent they have. And uh, he's been mightily impressive. Yeah, he has been very impressive. Um, I had a friend that actually played for him at, at Florida State, um, and he he was so ex- he was so excited for him when he when he took the when he took the Missouri coaching job. Um, and I, I kind of asked him like, you know, what what's so great about him? And he just said, players coach like players coach through and through. Um, just just a great guy, someone you really want to play for, and that's that's evident with. Missouri because Missouri's talent hasn't really changed much from like this year to last year. So like, what's, what's the big outlier? Well, it's the coach. Um, he's really getting Missouri to play well. Um, and yeah, as long as you don't have Kansas in your name, Missouri is going to beat you. So, um, well, I actually think I, it's, been, his talent has changed for the worse. I mean, they lost their best player who went to Arkansas. Yeah, that's true. Um, who got hurt actually is out yeah, for Brazil. the year now, but, uh, yeah. which is disappointing. Speaking of disappointing, who who are you most disappointed in this year? I don't I don't want to say Kentucky because I feel like that's feels like that's where everyone's answer. kind of going. Yeah, it, it does feel like an easy answer, but I mean, I, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Auburn because you you can't lose to Georgia, dude. I I, I don't care what what year it is. George is just not the not the kind of team that, that that you can lose to. The the problems that were there last year for Auburn are still there, but they don't have the elite the elite rim protection of a Walker Kessler, and they don't have the elite shooter of of a uh, Jabari Smith. Um, that's no disrespect to our our guy Jani Broom, you know Moorhead State legend, uh, transferred this year. He's a great rim protector in smaller conferences. Um, he's not really going to be that constant blocking, blocking shot that he, that like Walker Kessler is. He's still 13, he's still 13th in the country in block percentage. So, I mean, still an elite rim protector, but Walker Kessler added a, a dynamic that, that you didn't really see for. And then, you know, I mean, they're not getting anything out of, out of their, their big time freshman that they got this year. So, it's it, it kind of just seems like same old Auburn. Um and yeah, I, I don't I I didn't really have much anticipation of this team being anything different than what they are, but it, it it it's it's a little bit alarming that everyone knew the problem, everyone told Auburn what the problem was, and they've just they've just done it again. And and Wendell Green and Katie John, Katie Johnson are going to take him as far as they can, and that's that's not what it should be. They should not be the ones taking you anywhere, really. Um, and, and yeah, that was the problem last year. But they had an elite talent this year. They don't have that elite talent. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is they don't have anybody to bail them out, man. Uh, just when they do these stupid things, it, it just comes back and bite them. Uh, the main problem when you look at your their four guards who are scorers, you got Wendell Green. Katie Johnson, Alex Flanagan, and Zeb Jasper. This is what they're shooting in order. Green, 36% from the floor, 26% from three. Johnson, 35% from the floor, 28% from three. 
Flanagan, 41% from the four, 30% from three. And Jasper, 35% from the four, 28% from three. It's just not going to get it done. I, I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. Your guards and your wings have to be able to make shots. And they're just not um, – their shot selection is terrible. I mean, we, we said this with Auburn last year. Their shot selection is just not good. Um, especially Green, man. He just he just throws up whatever he wants to throw up. And now he doesn't have a presence like Jabari where he's like, okay, this guy's better. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to him. I'm going to get him set up. He's not really doing that anymore. He takes it upon himself a lot of the times. And um, Bruce Pearl's got a – Bruce Pearl's got a tough job for him, for him set up this year to turn this team into a winning team into a team who can make a run in the tournament. Because right now, I just don't see the cohesion with them. Uh, they feel like a lot of pieces that do not fit together at all. And so I agree. They also scored, I think, 43 points in a game versus Northwestern this year, which was one of the uglier basketball team uh, games we've seen in a while. Yeah, I- and for context on how bad of a shooting team they are, besides the stats that Ben just rolled off, they are 230. I mean, I'm sorry, no, they're 333rd in the country uh, in three point shooting. They are shooting 28.9% from, from the field uh, from behind the arc. For context, LSU, who, you know, we, we've kind of been openly like, hey, they, they need to they really improve three point shooting to supplement the lack of a post presence outside of KJ Williams, they're 88th in the country. So that, yeah, they're, they're terrible at shooting threes and, and they, they continue to shoot threes because that's what they do. Even though they should. I agree. I agree. Um, I think mainly when we look at the sec right now, I think we see probably two, maybe three teams that really rise to the top. Alabama and Tennessee have been pretty impressive as of late. And uh, I think Arkansas is probably right at their heels. You know, they kind of got off track the last couple of games. I think the injury to Brazil really hurt them. But um, well, Eric Musselman is too good Wait, of a coach. Ben, I, have a his... question about, I have a question about – Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Musselman's a fantastic coach. Uh, I have a question about Arkansas real quick. Um, is Nick Smith – is he a real person? It's very um, – it's not clear what it, what is up with Nick Smith this year. I, I don't know. I mean, very talented player. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from him. But um, you know, he's only played five games. He's, he's played five games this year. Yeah, he's and, a five star recruit. Yeah, I just he's he's very good. I mean, 21, 21 against Oklahoma. You know, seven eleven from the field. He 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 showed out against Oklahoma, but he is uh he has been MIA since and. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with Nick Smith. Would you, you know, I mean this this is this is SEC preview. Would you be it? Would you be at all surprised if Nick Smith shut it down? Let's say, let's say it's in February. He still hasn't really played. Uh, would you be surprised if you read the headline? You know, freshman freshman guard Nick Smith opts out to focus his on the NBA and his health. I'm not really sure what to think of it. I, I know he's been hurt a little bit, and that's contributed to him not playing as much, but I, I have no idea. I mean, college basketball is notorious for, you know, if this was an NBA team, we'd know everything about Nick Smith every single day, but college basketball is notorious for not really news on players and such. So I, I really have no idea what to think about it. It's, it's very perplexing. 
I wouldn't be surprised Very if he started and started indeed. playing 35 minutes a game or opted out. I mean, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But um, yeah, if Arkansas does get him, look out because he is that kind of player. I don't I, I almost say he's not a good player. It's just he doesn't play. I mean, I don't. I don't know what else to say. He doesn't. He doesn't play. But that doesn't. That doesn't stop Arkansas from from who they do have, and that is a slew of long, lanky guards who can knock down threes, play elite defense, and yeah, they're 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 a good team. But I do think Brazil being out is gonna is gonna hurt them. Yeah, I, I think they're probably one step behind Tennessee and Alabama right now. Up. If you had to say right now, Casey, who's going to come out on top, right, Tennessee or Alabama? Uh, regular season, I'd say Tennessee. They they have they have the collection of young talent with with the old veteran presence. Alabama is very dependent on Brandon Miller, and not that that's a bad thing. He's a fantastic player. I, I could just see him potentially making some freshman mistakes down the stretch or tiring out. You know, he's not used to playing this amount of games in, in a physical league like, like the SEC is. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tennessee at one, Alabama at two. I'll say Kentucky kind of gets their act together. They're gonna go to three. Arkansas will be four. Um and I mean, after that, it's kind of anyone's guess, but I'll yeah. give you my homer pick of LSU, I guess, at 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 five, and then and then Missouri at six. Yeah, right behind the four, if Kentucky gets their act together, it, it really is a slew of teams from that five to like nine range. Uh, I agree with you. I actually agree with your point too. I think Tennessee is built for this uh, regular season SEC run. They, they, I think they have a little more depth to survive injuries. I think they have a lot of pieces. Um, a lot of in-between pieces, three, four guards, four or five forwards that they can really throw at you out every single night and create problems for you. Man, if they if they shoot the basketball like they did the other night, their defense is so good, they are going to – I mean, they, they beat Mississippi State by 44 points. If they get to the 80s or even the 70s, they're going to win a lot of SEC games with the way they play defense. And the, um, and the guards – who they have defensively. Sakai Ziegler is, has been one of my favorite players since he got there. He is, man, he, he's almost Jose Alvarado, uh, the way he plays. Uh, he's just so <laughs> much energy, so much ball pressure. But, man, he can shoot the basketball, too, and he's been shooting it really, really well. So I agree with you. I think once we get in the tournament, though, the best players usually win the best games, and, man, Brandon Miller is just a, he's a flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's lead into Brandon Miller. Uh, I know I know you're itching to talk about him. We'll go for national players of the week. You know, national. I know it's been a little bit while since we've talked, but uh, national national players of the week. Ben, who's your national player of the week from the Power Five conferences? I guess Power Six with uh, Caldwell and Big East. Yeah, I took the last couple of weeks into uh, into thought. And Brandon Miller's been so impressive. In fact, we haven't really talked about him. He's kind of dissed him a little bit. I mean, 37 minutes against Gonzaga, 36.6 rebounds. Um, against Mississippi State, first SEC game, he opens up at 19 points to 7 to 15. Follows that with Ole Miss, 17 points to 7 to 12. The kid's shooting 44% from three-point this year. 
as a freshman in the SEC, that's that's beyond believable. It's incredible. He's in the running for National Player of the Year, I think, as a freshman. Just one of the best wings in all of America. He he's really really impressive at six foot nine, two hundred. The way he shoots the basketball, man. I mean, uh, these NBA teams have to be looking their chops at him. Uh, I think he's in the top ten conversation already. That size and that shooting ability. He he's been really really good. Yeah, I would, I would. I mean, Brandon Miller, he's going to be one of our favorite prospects to talk about come draft time. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. My, my player of of the week, and, he, you know, he he might be he might be in the player of the year conversation depending on how this team continues to improve, and that is Mike Miles of TCU. Um, TCU is a program that is, is on the rise. Uh, last year they went 21-13. and 13. They lost that thrilling game against Arizona in in the tournament. This year they're back. They're already thirteen and one. Jamie Dixon is building an elite program there. It's it, that's no surprise. I remember he was a name that I threw out last year for Shoe, uh, potentially as like a big home run swing hire. They're currently on an eleven game winning win streak. Their one loss was a horrible loss to Northwestern State. Yes, no. No, not not that Northwestern State in Evanston, that Northwestern State in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Um, they've since then they've they've rallied off eleven in a row. They beat Utah and and Mike Miles in that game had a crisp eighteen points against against Central Arkansas. He did his thing, had twenty one points against Texas Tech, nice twenty three points. But it was really the Baylor game where he he caught fire, and that's when I said okay. He has to be my player, my player of the week against Baylor on the road, 33 points, nine of 14 from the field, three of seven from three and a big tying. Actually, it wasn't even a tying three. He took the lead on the three in the corner um, and he was six and nine from, from the free throw line. The The crazy thing about Mike Miles is he's shooting 67% from the free throw line. He he's gotten worse every single year from the, from the free throw line, which, which is kind of weird. Uh, but uh, he's, he has improved every season in terms of field goal percentage. And that's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be the number one, like reason if TCU goes to like an elite eight or a final four, it's, it's going to be because of Mike miles. He's that kind of player. And I would not be surprised if he enters the draft after this year. I wouldn't be either. Uh, uh, TCU is just building and what they, what they built last year, they didn't lose much. Then they, they added onto their team. Mike miles, very, very good point guard. One of the best in America. Um, We're going to move on to my team, my big team. Uh, what are we Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big conference on. team? Did, did you? Huh? What are no, we no, calling? No, no, no. Major I, conference I just, team? Do you, do you have a, uh, do you have a small? Oh, a small player. No, yes. I, was, I, I still, I still have a uh, group of, uh, yeah, I have a small, uh, small player indeed. Um, <laughs> This guy's, this guy's probably like my favorite basketball player in the country. Like I'm not even like, I'm not joking. I, I love this guy so much. And it's, it's Darius McGee of, of Liberty Liberty in the Atlantic sun already three and zero in conference play. They're not messing around this year, 12 and four. They, you know, they, they've, they, all the losses have pretty much been to teams where it's like, okay, I kind of expect you to lose 
that game, uh, except for Southern Miss. That was kind of a bad loss. So they were six and four heading into a game against Bryant. And since then, they've they've rallied off six in a row, and all of that pretty much can be pointed to one man, the big man on campus, five foot nine guard, fifth year senior, Darius McGee. Darius McGee right now has taken 148 three pointers, and he is shooting 46 percent at five foot nine behind the arc. Uh, last game against Jacksonville State, he had a cool 22. Lipscomb 20 Lipscomb he had 19 against Bellarmine uh everyone's you know favorite favorite story rule that they didn't know was a rule he had he had 24 against Bellarmine on the road to to get a huge win um he's he he's taken like no joke like 10 to 15 threes a game it's it's awesome to watch and he's one of my favorite players so i i, I have to give a shout out to Darius McGee any chance i can and th- that liberty program well, um, my small conference player is also a favorite of ours, and uh, former LSU Tiger James Bishop. These are his numbers in December. He has played six games in December: twenty-five points, forty points, twenty-two points, thirty points, twenty-six points, twenty-four points. That's on forty-six percent from the floor. I mean, he has he he has really been lighting it up from outside, from inside. He's been making free throws. Um, I'm happy for him. Because I, I I thought he had some potential at LSU whenever he was there, he just uh, needed to hone his ability a little bit, and he he's really flourishing at George Washington these last two years. And you know George Washington's starting to winning some games now. It's turned into winning. It's turned not into just empty numbers for him. They've, they've turned into a winning basketball team. So we'll see if they can uh, put it together in the A10 this year. But um, move on to teams, teams. Okay, so my major conference team is the yeah, Pitt Panthers. So. So Pitt went right. eleven and, and twenty one last year. Adventure? You tell tell to the folks. <laughs> they went eleven and twenty one last year. They already have eleven wins this year. They are eleven and four. They have won six out of their last seven games, including the wins over NC State, Syracuse, North Carolina, and the University of Virginia. Um, man, I, I know a lot of people were calling for Jeff Capel's head the last couple of years. It didn't really look like it was forming. You know, they brought him into. Jeff Capel. Capel. What I say? Capel? Yeah, Capel. My bad. It's Capel. It's all right. It's all right. Um, a lot of people wanted him fired last year. Um, I think this is his fifth season. The first four did not go according to plan whatsoever. But uh this team looks ready to compete in the ACC, and the ACC is kind of wide open. I, I really think they can finish in the top five or six this year. They're already on top of the league with uh, three wins, I believe, or four wins, and uh, they haven't lost a game yet. Very, very impressed by Jeff Capel and the Pitt Panthers. Well, my team is, is someone that you always love. You always love this team. You always tell me, uh, watch out for Rutgers, watch out for Rutgers. This year, Rutgers starts six and four, and I'm kind of bearing you saying, you know, Ben, I think, I think the, I think the shoe has kind of dropped, so to speak, right? They've, they're just not that good. They can't score the basketball. Well, Rutgers has then grinded out five straight wins now, and they've, they, they beat way. By a crisp twenty-four points, they destroyed Bucknell by thirty-five. They 
beat our fighting Jamie Dixon's and the Coppin State Eagles by 33. Then, obviously, the huge road at Purdue, huge road win, 65-64, going at, and then, you know, going back home, beating Maryland by, by 14. I've I've been really impressed with this with this Rutgers team. They're third in all the country in defensive efficiency. I mean, they they have a unique style. I'll put it like that. They they know exactly how they want to win games, and they are winning games. Also, a special shout out to former LSU. Uh, I'm not going to say legend. He was definitely he was definitely on the LSU basketball team. There's no doubt about it. Andre Hyatt, Andre Hyatt, getting some solid minutes for Rutgers and, and playing winning ball for them. So shout out to you, Andre Hyatt. And I wouldn't have guessed it this year. I actually think this is, um, from an individual standpoint, one of their least talented teams. But credit to Steve Peichel. He's brought in some transfers from small schools. Cam Spencer's been really big for them. He hit the game-winning three against Purdue. If you watch that game from Loyola, Maryland, um, he is 44% from three this year on 70 attempts. Um that's about what's that? That's about five attempts a game, four and a half a game. Uh, for a team that struggles with offense, that's really huge to have someone shooting the three pointer like that. But like you said, it's it's defense. It's defense and coaching, and Steve Peichel has really proved it year over year to me, at least. He always gets the most out of his guys defensively, effort wise, and uh, it's really hard to go into the uh, Jersey Mike's Arena, I believe, the rack. That's what they also call it, and win games. And uh, hopefully Rutgers can get themselves in the tournament this year. It's a good start. I agree. Uh, we're going to have to go to the team with the second longest active win streak in all of college basketball right now for my mid-major team of the week. And honestly, you can make a cha- you can make a case that this is the team of the last two months because ever since losing to at the road to Mississippi. The Florida Atlantic Owls have rallied off 12 in a row, including beating Big Brother Florida along the way back in November. In December, they have beaten FIU, Northern Kentucky. And then they played, you know, pretty much the the the, the top of the CUSA. And they've played North Texas on the road. They went into Denton. They beat North Texas 50-46. Had the huge home game against UAB, win 88 88- 86 and they're just they're just an impressive team janelle davis honestly he 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 made a big big uh case for for player of the month and player of the week uh with that 36 point piece game against uab but i'm just gonna stick to the team effort and it's been very impressive with fau um traditionally they're they're not a bad basketball program but they're just kind of a, a middle of the pack uh Cusa team, you know, they're they're solid, but this year it looks like they're really they're really making that leap. And I like to see that. I like to see the Cusa being competitive. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people looked for UAB to kind of run through the conference this year, but man, the way FAU scores the basketball, they also had a win over Florida this year. Uh that was pretty impressive, but they've been really good. Um my my small conference team is probably a team we've never really talked about in length before because they haven't really warranted till this season. But the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are 12 and 3. They haven't lost a game since December 7th. The most important part of that in those last um 
seven games. They're holding teams to 58 points per game. Uh, really good defense being played out on the island. They're led by some some very, very unlikely contributors. Uh, I don't know if this name will ring anything for you, Casey, but Kamake Hepa, who, who played at Texas for two years from Anchorage, Alaska, has been their best post player. He's given you 12 and 7 a game, uh, shooting the ball really well, 45%. And um, also taking five threes a game at forty percent, he's been really good. And then their guard that's been there forever is um, what's his what's his first name? Noel Coleman. Noel Coleman. Uh, he's actually international. I think he's from Belgium, and uh, he's been really really good for them. But the way they're playing defense, man, uh, I've been hammering their unders. They've been playing really good defense. They held UC San Diego to forty nine points, and then Cal Poly to forty eight points in the last two games. They've only made the tournament one time since 2002, uh, which kind of surprised me. But hopefully they can get back to the tournament this year because they've been playing some really good basketball. Some notable wins, you know, they beat SMU this year. And I was saying uh, they haven't lost since December 7th. That was against a really good UNLV team who they gave a fight. They also got a win over Texas State earlier this year. So look for Hawaii in the Big West this year to maybe finally get over the hump and get to their second tournament since 2002. Yeah. Don't don't forget that Washington State one December twenty third. That was impressive. Very much so. Um yeah, I mean I would I would love to see I'd love to see Hawaii make, make the make the tournament. Um the, no disrespect to the big the Big West. I don't know Big West to kind of catch a stray here, but the Big West is, is one of the weaker conferences in uh in all basketball. Like it's definitely uh a single A conference in my opinion. So I think Hawaii has a great chance to make the tournament and be like a 14, 15 seed. I agree. Irvine pops up every now and then. Well, let's but, um, re- other than that, yeah, the Big West doesn't come to much. No, no, yeah. Occasionally, occasionally, uh, UC Santa Barbara team where people buy into for uh, March Madness and they never, they never do anything. Uh, so let's wrap it up with the best thing and worst thing we've seen this week. Uh, Ben, why don't you hit us off with the worst thing you've seen this week? Feels like a layup. I have uh, mine. <laughs> I think it's easy. To give me the same. And, uh, <laughs> Feels like a layup. Uh, Chris Beard being fired from Texas after a weird three weeks where the Texas just yeah, kind of sat on their hands. We have to talk about it. Um, they just kind of sat on their hands, really didn't do anything for three weeks. I'm not sure what they were investigating or whatever. Um, he was arrested a couple weeks ago for domestic abuse versus his wife, alleged domestic abuse. Who is his wife has recanted that now. Um, very, very strange situation. They have fired him with cause, so I'm sure their investigation came up with something tangible. Um, so Rodney Terry is now the interim head coach for Texas, and they have not played well lately with the interim coach. Um Usually a very good defensive program playing very bad def- defense lately. Kansas State scored over 100 on them, which is never a team that should score 100 points on you. But um, so that that had to be the worst thing I saw this week. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a bad situation all around. Um, it, if if giving up 116 points to Kansas State is like the, the fifth worst thing that's happened to you as a program this week, you're not doing good. Uh, that's 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 a bad thing. So, uh, uh, dark days for the Texas program. That was really looking on the up and up until uh, yeah, until this. 
best thing you've seen this week. Let's let's end on a positive note, Ben. What was the best thing you've seen so far this week? The Big East. Um, I really thought the Big East, either UConn could run away with it or be you know a little two-man action with UConn and Creighton. The Big East looks wide open in the top five, six teams. Uh, looks like it could be one of the better conference races of the year. Providence have really showed up after early season struggle. Marquette has looked really good this year. Xavier started rolling lately. I mean, Xavier and Providence are sitting at the top of 5-0, 4-0, respectively. Uh, this looks like it could be the most competitive conference in the nation this year. Um, even teams like you know, Seton Hall have played a couple good games. St. John's, you can never count out. But this top five of the Big East really might be the best top five of a conference in America, the way they're playing right now. Uh, specifically Marquette has really stuck out to me that the shop is Shaka smart doing this year. It looks like he finally got some of his guys in the, in there and they're playing very, very good basketball, but big East is wide open. Should be fun all season. Um, you know, last year we had Providence at Ed Cooley and they're right back at it again after kind of struggling. So I'm looking forward to watching all these games, all these Providence, Xavier, Marquette, Creighton, UConn, Villanova, all these games against playing each other. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Okay. I I like it. Best thing I've seen this this week, the last few weeks, has to be the Big Twelve. And the reason I say the Big Twelve is because for me right now, it's impossible to watch the Big Twelve and not just remind myself that Houston's gonna be in this conference next year. And the bloodbath that is going to be the Big 12 next year is, is going to be so fun. So well, watching it be a, a bloodbath this year is is great, but it's almost like the appetizer. Uh, it's 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 exciting. It's great watching Kansas, Baylor, TCU, uh, all these great teams, Texas Tech, Texas, uh, even, even with the stuff. I mean, Texas is still a, a really loaded team. And watching them all just beat up on each other, and realizing that next year there's a there's a school that's going to come in this conference that is probably going to be better than everyone except for Kansas. Uh, it's 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 incredible. Right now on Ken Palm, the lowest team is 37th, and that's Oklahoma. Um, I, I was it, there's no easy games in the Big Twelve, even even though the Big Twelve has quick check four six. Uh, yeah, Big Twelve has ten teams now. It's they they, they struggle. They they struggle with the math there at the Big Twelve, but they they know basketball, and so for that, that's the best thing I've seen this week. It's the Big Twelve's uh, consistency and just dominance as as the best basketball conference in America. Yeah, top to bottom, uh, I'm with you right there. There are no easy games. It's like playing the SEC in football. Uh, it's it's tough throughout, and it always has been. And you're right, Houston being added next year, man, it's just gonna be a dream with these Houston Kansas games, these Houston Baylor games. Um, gonna be really really fun. Absolutely. Well, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, I'm good. All right, great weekend of college basketball up. Um, Definitely recommend you know watching watching the Nike games at the very least this weekend. Conference plays hit, hit, hitting off. Um, you know, t- in the morning if you're at the gym, turn on turn on some college basketball on a Saturday. I mean, there's no reason to be watching this this garbage ass NFL these garbage kind of NFL games. I mean, come on.
these are these NFL games are, are getting very bad. Uh, so yeah, watch some college basketball this weekend. I agree. See you.